You're listening to a message from Pastor Jack Holt at the River. Tonight I want to minister to you on the topic of the secret to breakthrough. And when I say the secret to breakthrough, what I'm talking about is in our lives, sometimes we get to a place, whether in our marriage, where the relationship is not going as far as it should go, or maybe it's in what you're pursuing in your life. It just seems like you've hit a, a lid or whatever in your life and you would desire or like a breakthrough. But sometimes it seems like no matter what you try, you just kind of stay at the same level all the time. I'm going to show you the things that precede breakthrough. These are things that happen months and years before the breakthrough happens these are things that have to happen in order for that breakthrough to happen in your life spiritually. I want you to write this down because this is the first key. You need to analyze the words that you say with the help of the Holy Spirit. I'm not sure if they have the verse on this, but if, but if they would put it up on the screen, uh, John chapter 14, verse 26, look at this. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said unto you. Now, it calls him the helper here in this translation. It means encourager. It means a comforter. And it also means counselor. Now, what's powerful about this is if you really study in the Greek, it's actually used for a woman that is mothering her children. And I bring that out because when you analyze the words that you've been saying, the Holy Spirit will help you to discern what you have said to yourself and what you've said to others that is hindering you from the breakthrough that God wants you to have in your life. And I know the Holy Spirit does this. We see it all through Scripture. For example, in the book of Haggai, the people there had started a building project with the temple and had abandoned it, and the Holy Spirit came through the prophet and said this, you've been saying it's not time to build the house of the Lord. And so what the Holy, did, Holy Spirit did is he revealed to them things they had said that had hindrance him from moving in their life. And so once he clarifies that and gets that established in them, then the Bible says that they went up into the, the mountains and began to bring down timbers and so forth, and the blessing started immediately. But notice the first thing that happened is the Holy Spirit had to reveal what was being said that was hindering their breakthrough. Can you say amen? It could be something you've been saying to your spouse over and over and over and over again that have hindered that relationship to get closer. It could be something you've been saying about your illness that caused it to be prolonged in your life. The Holy Spirit will reveal that to you. Same thing happened with uh, uh, the, the believers in the time of Malachi. They were compromising with their tithes and their offerings. And what's unique about the story is, is that God says you've wearied me with your words or you have harsh words. In the Hebrew, it means you have limited what I can do in your life by what you said. You say, what's that got to do with the obedience of faith? Everything. 
A person who disobeys God in any area in their life, first of all, has elevated their human understanding to a measure where they're justifying disobedience in their life. And that is verbally expressed in their life. And so they may say, well, you know, I don't feel like I have to do that because of this. They've elevated their thinking to a place and they've spoken out of their mouth that particular thing. And that is what justifies them in not obeying God. And so what the Holy Spirit does is he rehearses to them what they have said. You've been saying, he says, that the ordinances that I've given you are useless. Because if you don't believe it works what God says to do, it won't work. Amen? So wherever you're at tonight... I want you to analyze with the help of the Holy Spirit the things you've said to yourself, the things you've said to others that could be and probably are the hindrance or the reason why you can't seem to get out of that hole that you seem to be in spiritually in your life. Now, understand, many times when you're in faith, it takes a season to get out of there to get to the next season. But a lot of times, the seasons never change. And it's because of something you've locked in that you need the help of the Holy Spirit. I know this works because when I first got saved, I was religiously taught and I had a lot of wrong thinking that prevented me from what God wanted me to do. And God began to show me your thinking's wrong here, you, and what you're saying is wrong. And as I adjusted that, opportunities came forth. As I adjusted that, I saw things I didn't see before. So it's important then that you analyze your words if you're desirous of a breakthrough. Let me give you an example of this in Scripture. Joshua chapter 1. Verse 8 and 9. Look at this. Now, before I read this, this is Joshua. He's stepping in the shoes of Moses. Now, remember this about Moses. Moses was a great leader. Great power operated in Moses' life. Joshua has to step in his shoes, which is big shoes. Now, Joshua is over in the promised land. Uh, he and Caleb are the only seniors out of the whole group. The oldest people there are 40 years old. Because you remember, everyone 20 years on, on down had, did I say 40? That's wrong. I'm, my number's wrong. But everybody that was 20 years under, uh, they were able to go in the promised land and live through the wilderness experience. All the older people died. And so you got two seniors and a whole bunch of young people. Not real young, but fairly young. Amen? And he's got some tall shoes to walk in. But he has to do something that Moses failed at. If you remember the story, God told Moses, I want you to speak to the rock. Don't want you to strike it. I want you to speak to it. Water will come out. And you remember he was so ticked off at pastoring for all these years at the people that he, rather than spoke to it, he struck the rock. And water came out and God said, because you did that, you're not going to go in the promised land. Similar to the people that said, we want to die in the, we want to, we want to go back to Egypt. We want to, you know, we're going to die in the wilderness. He said, I'm going to give you what you want. You're all going to die. And so he's got to do something that 
Moses failed at. How would you like to walk in his shoes like that? You not only got to walk in what he did, you got to do something greater than Moses did. So God gives him the key in this text. Put it up in the text. But the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Notice it's got to be in your mouth. And shall meditate in a day and night. Meditation in Hebrew is always muttering what the word says. It's never quiet. It's always saying what God's word says. That you may observe to do according to all that is written in, uh, in it. And I watch this. For then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. This is an outstanding verse. You know why? Because God basically says it's up to you whether or not you're going to prosper. It's up to you whether or not you're going to have success. It's up to you whether or not you get your breakthrough. It's up to you. You are going to be the one that determines if you are successful. I've given you my word. I've given you the tools, but you're going to have to use it. And here's the tools. I want you to keep that word in your mouth. I want you to meditate on the word, speak the word. And, and, and then when you do that, you'll be careful to observe what I said, and I will bring the blessing upon you in your life. Do you notice that when he talks about the blessing in Deuteronomy 28, he says this. He says, the blessing shall come upon you and overtake you. Say, and overtake you. But that's only if you keep the word in your mouth. There's got to be that lifestyle where when you're under pressure, you agree with God's word and not what you see and not what you feel for the blessing to continue in a great way in your life. Say amen. This is the key to breakthrough. Every person I know that never achieves their dreams are people, if you listen to them long enough, they will, they will reveal to you out of their own mouth why they can't do what God said, told them to do. They will expose themselves. That's why in Jesus' ministry, he always asked people questions and talked with them before he ministered life to them because he was locating what needed to be fixed. He told the man that had the boy that was demon-possessed came to Jesus and said, if you can help me, please help me. And Jesus, as soon as he said that, he knew what, what was wrong. He said, if you can believe, all things are possible. Located the problem, told the man what he needed to do, and the man cried out, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Amen. So are you analyzing the things that you say, or are you just thinking the things you say are fine? Because many times what we say that we can't do it, it's too, too hard, it's too difficult. I, I'd like to, Pastor, I've tried, it won't work. We don't realize that that is actually putting a lid on what we can do in our lives. I'm going to get real personal here, okay? A lid is something that you hit and you can't get past it because you believe you can't get past it. Scientists did an experiment with fleas and they, fleas jump about this high. So they put them in this container, put a lid on it, and they jumped up and kept hitting the lid. That's a bad experience, isn't it? And then... 
they stop jumping that high. Pops the top off. Even though they can get out, they can't because of the experience they went through. Listen to me. Some of you have been through divorce. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching good. Some of you have been abused by a man or a woman. Some have been betrayed by a friend. Some of you have had people just really screw you over, if I could say that roughly. And you have pain. And that pain, every time you get close to it, you believe you can't go any farther. The way the devil blocks us is by sense knowledge. By a bad experience in our life that we experienced, you failed, you, you went bankrupt, you, someone took your money, whatever, and, then, and there's that fear there that I can't go that far, I can't go farther because of that. The Word of God never builds from the senses. It builds from the living Word of God. And when you got the God kind of faith, every time you speak the Word, you can break through a barrier, you can break through it. I don't care if you were abused when you were a child. I don't care if you lost everything that you have in your life. I don't care if you've been sick for the last 50 years. I I'm telling you by the authority of the word of God that that belief system can be broken by renewing your mind, by renewing your words, by mastering what you say out of your mouth. You can break through it. I said you can break through it and you can become what God has called you to become by getting faith from this word, not from what you've experienced faith from this word you tell me one of the apostles that had experience pastoring not one you tell me anyone that God used in a great way did they have experience no all they had was faith they had faith in what God says and all the rest came to pass in their life hallelujah don't allow your past to cripple your future because of a dreadful experience you went through and don't allow the misery of others to put a lid on your life. I like to say it this way. Bad company is people without vision. It isn't just people with bad character. It's people without vision. They'll breathe on you their unbelief. Tell you you can't do it. Because their life is miserable. And misery likes company. But I serve a different God. I serve a God that says, no, I'm going to give you a measure of my kind of faith that can change the world. You can change the environment that you're in. You can change what you're going through right now in your life, and you can break through. And I want to say something here, and this is real prophetic, and you can write this down. Prophecy repeats itself. Say it with me. Prophecy repeats itself. You will find all through the Bible prophecies that have been spoken that repeat themselves over and over, just like the phrase that says, history repeats itself. And we're in a time in history right now where we're in a very severe place of judgment in America today, and we think this is all it is. I'm telling you right now, there's a breakthrough coming. Hallelujah. If it's Jesus coming back, it's Jesus coming back. But if it isn't, it's going to be a time of the church that's going to blow your mind. It's going to blow your mental Thinking, thinking, God, could he really do that much? Jesus told the high priest that 
had him crucified, he said, you're going to see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Father coming in the glory of the clouds or the clouds of glory. What he's saying is you're going to see the church reign after I'm raised from the dead in a way that you've never seen before. The Bible said, Jesus said, don't look for the kingdom of heaven with observation. Don't look for it in a physical thing that you can see. The kingdom of God is within you. Jesus prayed, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And when he was raised from the dead and the first person was born again, the kingdom of God had come into the midst of us. And the kingdom of God is here. In the book of Revelation, it says that all the kingdoms of this world world will become the kingdoms of Christ. We're in a transition right now where the kingdom of Christ is, oh, glory to God. But it's going to come to people that know how to operate the faith of God in their life and not keep saying what they see and start saying what they believe instead and monitor what they're saying and analyze what they're saying. Why am I saying this? And let the Holy Spirit minister to you because he will show you what you've done wrong, what you've said wrong. Wow. What does a counselor do? Sits down and you tell them what's going on in your life. And they take what you say and they come to a conclusion and help you see what's going wrong in your life. That's a counselor. The Holy Spirit knows exactly what you've been saying. You've been saying that you're ugly. You've been saying you'll never amount to anything. You've been saying that it doesn't matter. I'm just not in the right place at the right time. You've been saying things like that. And the Holy Spirit will make it real to you so that you can get that breakthrough. And you can soar. Oh, glory to God. You can soar and be blessed. I want you to write this down in Mark or Matthew 21, verse 19. This is Matthew 21, 19, and Mark eleven twenty, Two stories of the same miracle, but they're different. They're both about Jesus going to Jerusalem. And in the process, he goes by a fig tree. Remember, he curses it. In Mark's gospel, he curses it, goes on into the city and comes back. And 24 hours later, he comes back by the fig tree. Peter goes, whoa. Fig trees withered up from the roots 24 hours later. But yet in Matthew's account, it said when Jesus spoke to the fig tree, it immediately withered up. Well, which is it? It's both. When Jesus spoke to it, it died just like that. It died just like that. You can take a rose and cut it off. Come on, guys, you know what I'm talking about. You want an anniversary, you want to help your wife out, you want to please her, whatever, birthday, whatever. You give somebody some roses, and they're nice and pretty, but they're dead. They're dead. You just gave them something that's dead. But it doesn't look dead for about a week. Now, listen, I want you to see this. The faith that you have, the moment you say it and believe it, the moment you say it and believe it, at that moment, it has been broken, the power. At that moment, something spiritually has changed, 
and the death to it is happening. It may take a while before it manifests, but it died the moment you spoke to it. The moment you spoke to that cancer and commanded it to die, it died. And no matter if you go back to the doctor and you still seize it, it dies if you believe what you said when you say it. And it may take a week or so for the doctor to discern it and see it and go, oh, wow, nothing going on right now. Hallelujah. I'm saying that because I want to kill some things tonight that are destroying your future. I want to destroy some things tonight, like low self-esteem. I want to get rid of that completely. I want to build you up in Christ Jesus. You have Christ to strength. You're the apple of God's own mind. You are seated in heavenly places. You're not a nobody. You're a somebody. You were called by God for the foundation of the world. You weren't an afterthought. God knew you were coming before then. Every situation that happened up to that, you were born. Angels around you. God called you. You are called to great things. And the Bible says, if you know you're God, you shall do great exploits. Wow. So I want to get that out so that you be blessed. Now write this down. You need to unlearn your limitations. Say it with me. I need to unlearn my limitations. Limitations all come from this natural world that we live in. And in order to soar in faith, you're going to have to unlearn your limitations. Say, what do you mean by that? You remember when Israel was delivered out of Egypt, they had been in bondage for 430 years. That's a long time. It's a long time to be on welfare. It's a long time to be the servant of the rich. It's a long time to not own your own stuff. It's a long time. And you remember someone has said this. They said, it took 40 years to get Egypt out of Israel. But think about how God got them out or got Egypt out of them. Remember, he provided for them heavenly manna from heaven. It came down. And God said, only take enough for today. Why? Because their source was the Egyptians. Their source was the world system. Their source is what their master provided for them. And he's teaching them, hey, it's changed now. I'm your source. Because normally it's a good idea to put a little penny away. Amen. For a Disney trip, whatever. He didn't want them to do it because he wanted them to learn your source daily is me. Not them. What was he doing? They were unlearning what they had learned before they met Christ. Please listen to me. You're the one that controls your thinking. Not the devil. Not the world system, you. And if you can control your thought life, you can control what you say. And you can control what you believe. So a lot of people, they think, oh, I can't help. I can't think in this way or whatever. Yes, you can. You know why? Because you have revelation in that word. The word of God gives you revelation that gives you the ability to cast down every bad idea, every weird understanding, everything that would justify you not changing, everything that would close doors for you. You can change that thinking in your life. You can change it. Hallelujah. 
It, God's not going to do it for you. You're going to do it by the renewing of the mind. And you haven't renewed your mind unless you've changed. Oh, yeah, but I went to Bible school. I went five years of Bible school. Did you change? Did you change the way you think? Did you change the way you talk? If you didn't, you didn't renew your mind enough. You may have got information, but you didn't renew it enough until you change. But if you change and you see yourself as healthy, wealthy, and blessed, see yourself as someone that can always have a way when there is no way, see yourself according to the word that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, your life is going to alter if you would simply change the way you think by the word of God. And I'm not just talking about being a positive thinker. I'm talking about getting the mind so renewed with revelation that whenever your mind acts up and says, hey, I deserve someone better than my wife. I want that foxy little girl over there. Your mind, will the thoughts will be cast down. Whatsoever God joins together, let no one cast us under. And there's a lot of verses that talk about you. Anyway, I don't want to get into sex, but it will get your mind on track if you renew it. Amen. You get married, you're just, you know, you're one of those little women no one tells you what to do. And you get married, and all of a sudden the pastor says, wait a minute, submit to your husband who's on the Lord. Wait, 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 wait. Only one going to be controlling this marriage is me. You'll never have a good marriage. Cast down that thought. God's ways are better than my ways. His thoughts are higher. There's a reason why God says the man is the head of the house and the woman is to help the man because he knows that's where the power of God will flow and that's the way God created things. You can, if you got two heads, you got a two-headed monster in a marriage. You got to have one head. Say amen, everybody. Praise God. Yeah, thank you for the weak clap over there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> amen. But we have to be careful, and I'm going to give you something here that will help. Fear is always usually under the surface of wrong thinking. It's usually under the surface. I, uh, I'll be giving an example of people who come to church and don't get saved. Let's say you're even here tonight and someone invited you here. I won't say that. Let's say it's another service. And someone invited you to the service you don't know Jesus. You hear the message, you get excited about it. I want to accept Christ. Pastor says, well, come on forward. We're going to pray for you. But you're afraid of what your friend might think. Or you're afraid of a family member that invited you. And so you say, well, I don't want to go. I'll just pray in my mind. And you pray, Lord, thank you. You're really the Lord of my life. The problem is you won't get born again. You know why? You can't be saved by fear. Only by faith. The Bible said, by grace we are saved through faith. It didn't say, by grace you're saved through fear. It says, by grace you're saved through faith. So if there's any fear there that is preventing you from responding and you yield to it at, at all. Just any yield to fear at all and it's like putting a hole in your faith and it just runs out. You just can't respond to it. If you don't believe that, talk to Peter. He walked on the water with his faith, and then just one glance at what he was afraid of, his faith just leaked right out of him, and he began to sink. 
So whenever you give attention to fear, faith is gone. Look at our culture. Scared out of their little pinkies. You never get faith when you're in fear. Never. 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 So you got you to gotta understand that God says, I'm going to remove all your fears. In other words, I'm not only going to remove the things you've been afraid of, I'm going re- I'm to remove that underlining fear in your life that keeps you from stepping out, that keeps you from doing my will, that keeps you from that breakthrough that I have called you to personally in your life. And fear is not an easy thing to step through. You know, the first time I spoke, it was in front of uh, about 400 men. It was a Bible study fellowship. And they had asked if anyone uh, to give their testimony. And I told the Lord, I said, since you've called me to preach, you make it a, a, a way for me and I'll preach. And I remember that I went up there and they said, just tell them your name, what you do and how God saved you. I couldn't remember who I was. So I just said, I just got mad and I just preached fire for five minutes. They probably thought I was the boldest guy that hit town. But I was facing my fears and stepping through it. Amen. And you got to do the same thing. Well, Pastor, I'm afraid that I won't be accepted. So what? Jesus wasn't accepted, but he was resurrected. As long as we get resurrected, it doesn't matter if we always get accepted. It doesn't matter if they accept you in the community or whatever. What matters is what Jesus thinks because he can make all things work. He is powerful, he's awesome, and he's our God. Amen? I want to show you a couple of verses, uh, Hebrews chapter 3, and then we'll go to Amos quickly here. It says, Therefore, my holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and the high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. Notice Jesus. Apostle means sent one. Jesus was sent to be the high priest of our confession. And remember, confession isn't limited to the confession of sin. Confession basically means to agree with God. When you blow it, Lord, I blew it. That's only one part of confession. Then they, sometimes it's translated profession. Hold fast to the profession of your faith. In other words, hold fast to what you believe in Christ, for he's faithful who promised it and will bring it to pass. And then the other way that confession is used is we confess our faults one to another so that we can be reconciled with each other. Man, I'm sorry, I didn't have... I lost my temper. I shouldn't have said what I said to you. And you're going to get reconciled to the person. But Jesus is the high priest of it. You know why? Because whatever you say in faith, he makes it come to pass. If you say, I'm going to be the head, not tail, he's going to work on making it come to pass. If, if you say, I'm going to get out of debt and never be in debt, he's going to help them bring that to pass. If you say, I'm going to live and not die, he's going to help you bring that to pass. If you say, I'm going to prosper and go over the top, he's going to help you uh, bring that to pass. Amen. The Bible says that you prosper according as your soul prospers. That all relates to how you think and what you say. 
Amen. Now look at the verse here. This proves it in Amos. Can two walk together unless they be in agreement? If you can't get in agreement with God, you can't walk with God. If you don't walk with God, his power doesn't work through you. So you can be saved and not be walking with God. You can be in broken fellowship with God. Fellowship with God is being in agreement with God. I got to be in agreement with what he says. I got to be in agreement with his word says. Whether it makes sense in my mind or not, I got to be in agreement with it. If I am, I go walk with God. If I'm walking with God, I got it all made in the shade. Amen? Now, this is going to result to this. When you change your thinking and you change what you say, you, your spirit will start ruling your life rather than letting the world rule your spirit. Look at this verse, Proverbs. Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. That means there's no protection. You are called by God to rule your own spirit. You're meant to rule, not to be ruled by your feelings, not to be ruled by fears. And you can't do that unless you change the way you're thinking and change the way you're talking. You can't rule your own spirit. It's kind of like in the military. If you have an army out there fighting, what do they have to help the army know what they need to do? Officers. You got captains, you got lieutenants, you got generals. You got officers that control that army. If you don't control your spirit, you have an army without a leader. And when the enemy comes in, you're going to scatter many different ways. But if you decide to not, no, a devil, I'm not going to allow you to make me think that way. I'm going to think on those things that are true and good and upright. What's true? Jesus has redeemed us. What's true? We're the head and not the tail. What's true? The blessing will not only come upon me, but overtake me. What's true? I'm not under the curse of the law, poverty, spiritual death, and sickness. That's what's true. What's true? God has given us the power to get wealth. That's what's true. And when you change your thinking, your words are going to be different. And if you believe the words that you say, whew, it's wonderful. Now, I want to say this, that just saying the word won't work unless you actually believe what you say. I was raised a Catholic, and they, they do a lot of reciting things. But I didn't believe a word I said. I just was saying it. But when I got saved, I realized what I say, I need to believe it. Jesus said, if you don't doubt what you say, you'll have what you say. So I want to find out what God says about me and say it and not doubt it. I said it. God's going to do it. Praise God and rejoice in it. Ken God always has a great expression. He says this. You can be on the wrecking, wrecking crew or the building crew. I'd rather be on the building crew that builds you up. The building crew that says you are more than a conqueror. I don't want to be in the wrecking crew and destroy you. I want to build you up and show you what you can do in Christ. You're not here by any chance. You're here to change your neighborhood. You're, come on, praise God. That's why you're here. And that's what God desires that you do in your life. Amen? So, master your spirit. Don't allow your emotions to control you. Don't allow your feelings to govern you. Let... The Word of God control your thoughts and the way you talk, and your destiny will change according to that.
Hallelujah. Let me close with this. Always believe first before you see it. Jesus said these signs of an evil generation seeks a sign before they believe. When Jesus came, he demanded that people would believe first and then see a sign. These signs shall follow them that believe. But here's what a lot of people do. They're waiting to believe. Well, I'm just going to wait until the door opens. As soon as the door opens, I'm going to start believing. Or I'm going to wait until things get a little better at home before I believe my husband's going to get better. Or I'm going to believe, you know, I go to the doctor to get a little better report that I know I'm getting healed. And it's not going to work that way. You have to believe first, and then the rest will happen to you. And you say, well, you don't understand, Pastor. I'm in a really bad spot right now. It's just hard for me to believe in that spot. Did you know in the Bible, whenever God had people believe, it was usually in a bad spot? It was usually not only under, uh, you know, on the bottom of the barrel, the barrel was on top of them. Terrible spot. Abraham had lost half of his wealth when God said, okay, now I want you to lift up your eyes and see, and whatever you see, you possess. Well, why didn't, I, why didn't you do that when I was wealthy? Because it wouldn't have took any faith. Now it takes faith. And it wasn't just him. You go on and you take, for instance, the story of uh, um, Jacob. His uncle ripped him off ten times in wages. How, how, how would you like to be ripped off ten times in your wages? And finally, the angel of the Lord appeared to him because he was a tither and said this to him. He said, I want you to lift up your eyes now and see that those are spotted and speckled sheep. Tell, tell the uncle that's going to be your wages, which was very uncommon to have those kind of sheep. So he goes ahead and does it, visualizes it, sees it, and all of a sudden God begins to increase, increase, and increase. He was at the bottom of the barrel, and the barrel was on top of him. Even Jesus himself had crowds leave him because he talked in such a rough way. Drink my blood. Eat my flesh. People say, hey, for, I, I can go along with a few healings, but this is too much. But you know what he said then? He said, lift up your eyes and see, for the harvest is white. Which means souls are overripe. He said that before he died on the cross, before the Holy Spirit was given. He said it at the probably the worst time in his life. God wants you to say where you're at right now. It may not be the best spot. Start saying, praise God. That's mine. I see it. That's mine. I take it. That's mine. I receive it. I know it don't look good. Hallelujah. Same with the church world today. All the preachers talking about how bad it is, how bad it is, how bad it is. And you know what's good about it? Right now is the time for a revelation. Right now is the time to believe out of it. Right now is the time to believe for bigger and better things. Today, not tomorrow. Today. Today is the day of salvation. Now faith is, not later. Right now believe. Right now believe. Thanks for listening today. For more messages like this one, check out our podcast, River App, and our website at theriver.church. We're the river, and we're doing life together.